and uh, we're we're coming to our our talk here in uh, Luke chapter nine. Uh, la- last couple of weeks we looked at the transfiguration, and these guys were in. I mean, they saw Jesus in His glory, and they said, "Wow, this is awesome. This is where I want to stay." Yeah, well, at least I want them to stay here. So he, they they wanted to build them some some makeshift houses so that they could tabernacle with them. And then they were left with Jesus. And where we pick up is in verse 37. Uh, so it's, it's Luke 9, 37. And it, can you imagine, well, I'll just paint the picture for you real quick before I, I launch into this, because when if you saw Jesus on, in his glory you would think that you would never doubt him again. <laughs> because that's our very God. He's in front of us. This is awesome, right? But somehow or another, they went down the mountain, and it didn't take long, and we'll see that we have a couple episodes in the rest of this chapter, but they just get really off. And Jesus, uh, we'll, we'll see it here, he has, to, he has to speak very, very bluntly to them that the path that they need to take is to continue to see Jesus for who he is so that you can really follow. All right, so this is what it says. This is beautiful. It says, the next day, so they're up on the mountain, so they saw Jesus transfigured, they saw Moses, they saw Elijah, this is a big deal. But the very next day, they came down the mountain. And, and that verse, you could just stay all day long with it. They came down the mountain. We've all had those experiences. We've worshipped. We've been in the presence of God, and we're like, ah, it doesn't get any better than this. And then we come down the mountain. And what do we find down the mountain? A large crowd met him. And a man in the crowd calls out and says, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. Do you remember last week? We had another father speak and say, this is my only child, my beloved. Listen to him. And he comes off the mountain, and the first thing he hears is another father saying, I have a need with my only son. He says, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams, and it throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. And I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. And then Jesus says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? <laughs> Bring your son here. All right, we'll come back to it. Even as the boy was coming, the demon threw him on the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. And that's where Luke leaves the story. But this story is written in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And each has a different perspective of it. And because I don't, I'm not going to go through the book of Mark and Matthew this week, 
I'm going to just bring you a synthesis of what was also said, and, and this is what follows. It's in Matthew 17, 19 to 21. I want you to see something. Because it says in, in Matthew and Mark, you see these verses. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. All right, so we have a problem. We're ready to enter into the joy of trials. We come off the mountain and we have the joy of worship, and then we come down the mountain and we have the joy of trials. And to Jesus, it's the same. To us, it's very different, right? Because when we have problems, we're like, what is, what is wrong with my world? And with Jesus, when he has problems, he's already been in the presence of God and says, I know God has this, so now I can walk in, in the glory of it. Because if you look at the verse we, we just read with our sacred reading, he's talking about, and we, we didn't focus there, but it says, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is God's goal for us to be exactly like Jesus, to transform into the image of Christ. And so for us, every time we have a trial, and I know it's difficult because we, we, norm, we revert to our natural sense first rather than our, our spiritual sense. And everything that Jesus is trying to teach us and his disciples is go first to the spiritual sense, and then you'll find joy quickly. If you go back to the natural sense, you'll have to work through all of the emotions. And I, I, I was thinking about this all week because this has been a crazy week for us at the school and, and you know, just, just different stuff. People have been sick and it's just been a little crazy. And sometimes I have a bad attitude. Okay, everybody. <laughs> really? <laughs> <That's it>. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't. On Monday, I said, God's got this. And I walked into it and made it through Monday. <laughs> Tuesday, got the calls. Like half our staff was like sick. I'm like, it's okay, God's got this. About Wednesday, well, actually, it, it, got, it did get worse. Because then, <laughs> cause then I got a call that Maria was in the hospital. And I'm like, I'm not going to lose. I'm, I'm not, God's got this. And he did. And truthfully, through, through the week, I was good until I got home Friday night. And Friday night, I literally walked in the door and tried to have an argument with my wife and my daughter. Why, I do not know. It was a 30-second argument, because two against one just doesn't work in my house. So I just lost real quick. I'm like, all right, whatever. (laughs) But you can... (laughs) But you, <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Put him back in his place. 
it was a dumb little thing, and it was all their fault. <laughs> You're all wondering what it was. It was that small that it's not. It's a trifle. But all this to say is that even when we're passionately walking towards the purposes of God in His way, in joy, it can sneak up on you quick. Your, your flesh and the reality of your flesh. And Jesus was saying, I want you to just keep walking in this thing so that you don't lose the ability to snap out of it. And literally, uh, Jenny will tell you that I, I literally snapped out of it. it. It was about a minute. I argued with them for a minute, and then I said, okay, that's it. But it's over. And then we had a very nice night. It's Friday night. <laughs> Why ruin the weekend, right? <laughs> How many have ever had an a argument that ruined your weekend? <laughs> okay, we don't do that. We argue for one minute, and that's it. So when you guys have reached the pinnacle of marital discord, uh, when you can do that, you, you'll be just like us. No, just kidding. All right, so where are we going? So they came down the mountain, and usually, and, and this, this is true, usually when we have a victory time, it gets tested quickly, right? So if you all today say, Pastor, that was the best message I've ever heard. You've got me so motivated, I'm going to go climb a mountain. I'm going to move a mountain. What does it say here? Well, move a mountain. I'm going to move these mountains over here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you come down the mountain, <laughs> and Jesus says, um, you unbelieving and perverse generation. <laughs> You're like, I thought we were on the same page here. But it is, it is a warning. I, I tell you, I, I've seen a lot of people make a commitment to salvation in Christ. And then when we baptize them, I never see them again. And I always warn them. I'm like, when you make a full-fledged commitment to Jesus, it'll be tested. And everything that the world, the flesh, and the devil has left will come flooding in. And you have to be aware. Now, you guys are the remnant that made it. <laughs> you came back. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we're still in process, as we know, by just reading that verse. Okay. So I, I wrote down when I was writing this, I, I wrote down, Worship and hardship are equal in faith. To us, somehow we think they're different. But these guys learned today that, no, we can worship God and come down the mountain and experience hardship and still worship God. Amen. Right? Maria knows that. There's a little bit of space in there when you're worried. But a great test. That's right. Amen. All right. So they come off the mountain. Jesus is not flustered. He had just been with his father, and his father said, "You're doing a great job, and you I'm well pleased. Let's go see. Let's go see what's happened down the mountain." Okay, but it's this middle part here where he says, uh, he, "It says he replies," and I'm wondering, what, is he talking to the dad, or is he talking to the disciples, or is he talking to me? Because. Whenever we read the Bible, of course, it's for the people that will be reading it that were local to this right now, but it's also to us. And he, he calls out this, you unbelieving and perverse generation. 
And the, the word perverse, we know perverse, we, we think of it from a human, humanity thing. But Jesus was saying, you, you do not see correctly what is true and what is perfect. And what happens is that we, we don't, when we don't see God, we pervert who we think he is. And then we, then we live from that perversion. And that's what he's saying. He's saying you're lacking faith and you're lacking a true picture of who God is. And so, um, he, he tells his disciples, he's like, you unbelieving perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? I mean, that sounds really harsh, but he was just trying to really emphasize, listen, guys, I'm going to get you on, on the way because you're off right now. Okay. And so they had gotten off the way and they had left, left the path of faith. Now I want to talk about faith for just a minute because everybody has a different idea of what faith is. Some people think it's something that comes from within us. It's like, if I just had enough faith to move that mountain, then I would, it would move. How many know the center of faith is not you? But somehow it's taught in the Christian church that we just need to have more faith. And that's what we're missing is faith. But, but faith is not isolated from the Lord Jesus and his word. We have faith in his word and we have faith in him. We don't have faith in faith. And unfortunately, sometimes, and I've heard, you know, I've been in prayer meetings, like, we just need more faith for this. No, we need to trust Jesus more for this thing. And that's what they were missing. Because before, and we've read this when we were going through uh, 7 and 8, Luke 7 and 8, Jesus told them, I'm going to send you out and I'm going to give you the authority to cast out all devils and to heal and to do that. And they came back and and that's what happened, right? And then in this instant, they came across something that they'd never come come across before. And it was this, this tormented boy. And somewhere along the line, they said, everything that Jesus had imparted to me up to this point is not good enough. And God's not strong enough through me. Does that make sense to anybody? And how this works out in our own life is we trust God to a certain point. But when it appears to us being more than we're able to have faith for, that it's somehow beyond us and beyond God. Um, And that's where God teaches us something else about faith. And I want to skip. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this second section because we all know that it's easy to leave a certain... You kind of, as you walk through certain trials and tribulations, as you walk through your life with Christ, you become stronger to face other things. But then we face things that are bigger all at once. And then it's like all the faithfulness of God gets pushed right out of us. And all of who he is and all of what he's done in us gets removed. And then we face this thing by itself. So that was the second point, that that's leaving the way of faith, which brings us to the third point. They come to him and they say, why, why, oh, why 
could we not do this? I'm sure they were perplexed because I'm sure they, they had said, we'll just do what we've always done. Or they, and then it didn't, quote, work the way it was. And Jesus tells them that this type, is, he uses this word, these, this type will not come out without prayer and fasting. And I, and I wanted to uh, kind of leave us in this way. Because when we're lacking faith, it's usually because we've left the presence of God. Because when you're in the presence of God, praying and sometimes fasting, He shows up in a way that now focuses us to be able to say, now I can place my trust in you. Because unfortunately, we disconnect from the Spirit of God too much, right? And Jesus is saying, you know, he says, oh, oh, you of little faith, how does he put it? Because of your little faith, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, how much is a grain of mustard seed? How much faith did, how much faith did they have? Little, very little faith. Would the mustard seed... Be big, big enough. Sounds like a little, little. <laughs> He's saying to you, it's not your faith. It's me. Don't put your trust in the mustard seed. It doesn't need to be a tree. It needs to be transported to me. And then you can move the mountains and then nothing will be impossible for you. When we read that, and we can preach that, nothing will be, I, I could say, you guys, you, we're going out of here, and nothing's impossible. <laughs> and your car doesn't start. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, <laughs> okay, some things are impossible. Uh, even though I've prayed for a few non-starting cards when I was a young Christian, and they, they fire right up, but that's a different story. Okay. <laughs> but then he gets to this point here. He says, but this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. First thing he does is he wants us to say, you have enough of what it takes to see me through. But then he, he talks about this prayer, and then uh, it, it's funny that in all modern versions, it'll ha- it has a little uh, number there, and it says, this verse is not in the, ori- not in the original manuscripts. What do we do with verses that are not in the original manuscripts? do what the modern translators do. They just get rid of them. But at least they leave a little number there for us because it's implied. It, in, in Mark, it says, these don't come out with, without prayer. But it's implied along with fasting. And I, I want to I, I talk about fasting for a couple minutes. As soon as I say fasting, it's like me saying, consider it an opportunity for joy when you have trials. It's the same feeling for many people. As soon as I say fasting, and I've talked with a lot of people over many generations of talking about fasting, and everything, the first thing they say is, I could never do that. How would we like it instead? Does anybody have a big prayer? You have somebody you want to come to Christ. You have somebody that's sick right now with cancer. You've got things that are like big. 
you got a little mustard seed and you've gone and you've prayed about it. What would happen if we added fasting and we saw the breakthrough of the kingdom? Would it be worth it to miss one meal, to miss two meals, miss three meals? Okay, so Maria goes to the hospital. I don't want Maria to die. I mean, eventually she'll die if we don't get all raptured. It happens. I mean, sorry, Maria. Eventually you will die unless we're raptured. But I know, I know, I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> but Maria, I get a call, and she, she's in the hospital, and I'm like, I'm not going to pray about this. I'm not going to pray, just pray for this. I'm going to fast for this. And, and so, you know, and I don't, I don't know what kind of effect it had. But I'll tell you what kind of effect fasting has on us. I've fasted many days over many years now. And when you first initially start to fast, you realize that you are so much a bag of bones, a natural human. You get mad at everything. You want to eat everything. I mean, things you would never eat, you're like, I'll eat that. Bugs, you know, bugs. Give me, give me bugs. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, not quite. <laughs> I could tell stories. But then over a journey of fasting, which is where Christians need to be, come to, is, is it, gets, it gets different because God starts showing you different things about him when you do it, each, each time you do it. So I got good news for you today. I'm not going to put you in any trial. I'm not going to ask you to fast. But I do want you to consider fasting when you think about things that are beyond your mustard seed, so to, so to speak. Because God will show you more in a fast than in a year's worth of my sermons. You're like, what? That's impossible. No, it's not. And... Um, as I was praying about this and looking at this, I'm like, we have to set a time of fasting. So, I'm going to leave you guys off the hook till January. But in January, we're done with our feasting. You know, I can't do it. It's like, okay, Thanksgiving week, we're all taking a fast. Okay, if you're a real Christian, <laughs> no way. <laughs> You'll skip Thanksgiving. Just kidding. No, but, but I really felt as I was reading this that the Holy Spirit was saying it's time to lead the congregation into fasting. He's talked to me many times about it, and usually it's because he's talking to me and saying, when will you come to that place? Now, it's not fasting to miss a meal, because I've done that too. I've, I've, you know, a lot of people are like, I, I intermittent fast every day. Cool. That's not the same thing. It's when you take the food, when Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God, when you take that time that you would, you would take in your meal and, you, and you, you pray at that time, then you're now exchanging your food for the kingdom. Um, there's a lot more I could say about that. When we get into it in January, it'd be neat to do, now, and, and of course it'll be at any level, It'll be, a, I'll take my breakfast, I'll pray my breakfast. I'll pray my breakfast, lunch. I'll pray my breakfast, lunch, dinner. I'll pray next week. Some of you might want to do like 40 days like Jesus. 
not bad. I did a 40-day one time. I had a little bit of food along the way. Uh, but I want, because I, okay, so, so here's my point, and I only have one point. I'm tired of seeing, coming down the mountains, and seeing kids that are stuck in their torment. I want to see the power of God break through. I want to see those we've been praying for for 10 years. I want to see God give them a divine encounter and break through for them. I want to see people that have cancer, and I know a whole bunch now, I want to see them healed by the power of God. Would that be worth it? So Jesus was telling these guys, this kind never comes out without prayer or fasting. There's some things that we will never see, quote, using Jesus' word, until we commit ourselves to doing what he asks us to do. So in January, get ready for all heaven to break loose. Because we're calling a fast, probably, I don't know, 21 days, so we have other things to take care of. Not to take, you're not going to fast for 21 days. No. no, and nobody ever starts there. It always starts with breakfast. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever does 21 days. Um, but I, I will be practicing this along with you. I, I'm just interested to see what God might do. Aren't you interested in see what God might do? Because I know what I can do. All right, is everybody? Okay, I heard, I heard a, a cry. Amen, amen. And Maria, your days are not, are, are not over. God has, has, has given you extra days now so that you can fast and pray with us. And, and so that you can see the, your prayers answered in the land of the living. Amen. Okay. All right. I'm just going to close this out in prayer. Lord, you, we, we sit here and as we look at these scriptures, we're, we're amazed at how little our faith is. <laughs> but you meet it with the greatness of your glory. And so, Lord, whatever we're facing right now, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would accomplish uh, your will in our lives and through our lives, that we would be a, a light to the world to know this glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Those joining us this morning, we're going to have an extended talk. Sorry, we're not going to video it for you. Uh, we love you and hope you're doing well and looking forward to you. Send in your prayer requests if you need them. Uh, we'd love to pray for you and maybe some people even fast. We'll get your breakthrough. So God bless you and we'll see you, see you later. Bye.